the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together, as always. In a few moments, we'll talk with uh, Ted Malik. We haven't talked to Ted in a couple weeks. We'll catch up with him. Actually, that uh, will inform my wink in a moment. We'll also talk with John Schweppe. John Schweppe is over at the American Principles Project. They do a good job, especially digging into some policy issues. And like for, in this case, the uh, the Biden plan to make sure that if you happen to have good credit ratings and have a mortgage, you'll pay extra, if you can believe it, to subsidize people with bad credit ratings, which begs the question, won't it just be better to get a bad credit rating? But we'll find out more details and see. It sounds crazy, but uh, it sounds possible. And, you know, one of the questions I'm going to ask John Schweppe is what happens when the media uh, either covers something or uh, only, you know, we the people cover it, but it doesn't change anything. You know, it used to be if if you found something that was egregious in the in the uh, in, in policy or politics and you raised it to the level of of awareness and the media took it up. Um, it would either moderate or change behavior or at least uh, cause a discussion about what was going on. It doesn't seem to work right now. There's something about the nature of the media, the system we're in, where things that are absolutely positively impossible to believe are true end up true. And when they get called on it, when the, either the administration in this case or local state officials get called on it, Anyone, when it becomes uh, known, it could even be uh, the kinds of, uh, um, you know, the kinds of cancel culture stuff where conservatives are canceled for things they shouldn't be canceled for or whatever. It doesn't matter. And so it, bring, it begs the question in today's wink. What you need to know is over the weekend, I was thinking and watching as Tucker Carlson's uh, um, uh, um, disappearance from the scene became more and more stark. And I, and I was watching Bill Maher. He does his show on Friday nights, I guess, just once a week. And then I didn't watch the Sunday shows, but I saw some of the quotes from it. Uh, not much. And I started to say to myself, you know, uh, there is an effort uh, or there is a reality. I don't know whether it's a, a, an organized effort or not to take out of the uh, uh, media um, kind of uh, landscape conservative voices. And so while it's true that I guess uh, Fox News has the five, which is sort of conservative, you know, three or four of them are conservative, depending on the day. And there is shows like uh, Jesse Waters and others. I mean, Tucker Carlson disappearing is massive. And you take that and pair it with the fact that there really has not been a successor to Rush Limbaugh. That's, you know, you can say there are some who are in the space doing radio shows. There is, I think, two different groups, uh, in one case, a pair of gentlemen, and in another case, maybe one person who have been put into those slots, largely the what was the Rush Limbaugh slot, you know, uh, in, in where I lived in Missouri, it was uh, 11 till 2. 
Um, uh, and uh, I, no, it was 10 to, 10 to 1, 11 to 2 on the East Coast, I guess. But it depended a little bit where you were. But those, those voices have not been as big. And the, um, the Tucker Carlson slot, which had been occupied with a big, big booming voice by Bill O'Reilly, now that's gone sort of quiet-ish. And the numbers over at, uh, at Fox are way down. Now it's only been one week. But it doesn't look like One America News or Newsmax can sort of fill the bill, you know, fill, fill in and, 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 and uh, um, raise voices. So you're watching a big shift. And here's where it gets counterintuitive. I think that's bad for America to not have more conservative voices at a very high level. I think it's bad. I, it would be better for more conservative voices to be lifted up and to have a serious voice and be in the fray, et cetera. But one thing is true. On the right side of the ledger, whether you call it conservative purely or if you call it center-right, one voice, one figure looms massively large. I mean massive. And that's Trump. In some ways that I, I are are odd and funny, I mean, Elon Musk is a huge character. He's a huge American figure, but he's not exactly one set of issues. So one set of uh, 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 beliefs that makes it clear, you know, he's he believes in the simulation that the, we're somehow a, a computer, a computer created entity. He uh he has a beliefs, I think, on some of the social issues that don't agree with conservatism. On the other hand, he's definitely cynical about the power of government, and he's been probably the best at exposing the uh, reality of um, the reality of what I call the uh, what I call the um, uh, uh, narrative machine even though he doesn't call it that. I mean, he's been really good at showing that social media and especially uh, mainstream media or fake news media have been bro broken and big government has been in cahoots. So he's been good at that, but he's not exactly conservative. I don't even think he's center right. I mean, I, I think a lot of conservatives like him because they feel like he's uh, opened Twitter up uh, to being more of a free speech zone and less against conservatives. But I'm not sure he's a remote, you know, remotely conservative across the board. But be that as it may, back to my point. The dominant figure, I mean, as big as uh, Colossus, becomes Donald J. Trump. And he dominates in a way that nobody else can. And even his Trump, uh, excuse me, his truth social has grown uh, pretty significantly. I still, when I go on there, I still find it to be mostly uh, an echo chamber. It's mostly, again, center-right people communicating. But more and more, he's, uh, his, what, he, what he puts up there is quoted all over the rest of the media. And it brings us back to this uh, incredible, <laughs> incredible dilemma for uh, the media, the, the, the main, you know, cable news and otherwise. They make more money. They get more eyes. They get more attention. They get more uh, um, uh, traction when Trump is in the news. They know it. You and I know it. And it brings me to this. What you need to know, if the media landscape has cleared out the conservatives and cleared out the, the larger conservative names. You know, Mark Levin is still out there. Bongino's out there in radio, I'm talking about. I don't know if Levin's uh, TV show or Bongino's TV show had much reach. But they're, they're, they're sort of, they seem to be diminished. And then Tucker's gone. It leaves Trump as big as ever. 
It leaves Trump as big as ever. And it leads me to this point. When it all comes down to it, push comes to shove. One of the things that we've talked about for years now is follow the money. Follow the money as a filter on what's happening and what's going to happen. When you look at the COVID, the response in COVID, you see massive wealth transfer, money going from the federal government, from we the people to the federal government out to the states, bailing out union pensions, bailing out, the t- strengthening the teachers' unions, transferring massive amounts of money from the American taxpayer to pharma. When we see a massive spending in the Ukraine, just a year or so after we stopped massive spending in Afghanistan, you say, what's going on? Well, follow the money. The defense industrial complex needs to work, needs to make, needs to make their products, needs to build their, keep their industry going. When you look more and more, follow the money as a filter is a pretty darn good one. And follow the money would lead you to believe at least Donald Trump is, is the nominee that the moneymakers want, at the very least. He's probably who they want to be president because, again, he makes some money. There's never been a money-making uh, entity. and never been something that, There would never been something or someone that made as much money as Donald Trump did in office. We had book after book. We had the TV show after TV show hitting record ratings. We had CNN printing money. If you follow the money as your filter, it says Trump is not only going to be the nominee, he's going to be the president because they'd rather do that and tie him up tight with all kinds of lawsuits and all kinds of other things than they would not make money. I'm serious. I'm serious. And clearing out the conservative underbrush so it's just Trump only helps him, only helps. There's only one Colossus now. There's no Limbaugh. There's no Tucker, just Trump. All right, that's what you need to know. We'll come back and talk to Ted Malik in a moment uh, right here on the Pro America Report and then John Schweppe after that. Ed Martin, Pro America Report. Visit ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up for the daily email there, and uh, I'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro America Report. Time to check in with my old friend Ted Malik and uh, see what he's up to and what he's writing on. He, of course, is uh, he's got a, a, a CV as long as my arm. Uh, uh, Ted Malik has been a, uh, a a diplomat, a scholar. He's been a professor, uh, taught over at Oxford as well as uh, was a professor at Yale. Um, the one book I love, Global Sherpa, was a, a term that was given him, I think, by Thatcher, Margaret Thatcher. And um, he is now at the head of, as chief executive officer, the Roosevelt Global Governance Group, which is a strategic management and thought leadership company. He's got a million stories and lots of ideas and has been writing somewhat prolifically now for about the last two and a half years. A column uh, has written a lot of books before that. So welcome back, Ted. How are you? I'm good. at Thanks. Um, so, Ted, first of all, um, your thoughts on the media environment. I know we were talking a little bit about off air, but, you know, like you've seen a bunch of these people come and go. I mean, I, I don't mean it to be dismissive, but um, Tucker Carlson's really famous, had a famous show and a famous uh, primetime hour. So did Bill O'Reilly. Right. I mean, uh, so did uh, uh, different folks at different moments. Uh, and but how how dramatically does this change the conservative voices out there? Well, I think. Tucker was unique amongst uh, conservatives, 
certainly on uh, broadcast uh, television, on cable news, probably even on on radio. He had a very large following, as you know, the largest uh, in in cable history for an individual. So uh, when he agreed to be sacked, which sounds like what happened, uh, um, you know, we we lost that voice. And uh, uh, I think Fox will see its own demise. Its numbers in the last week or so have gone uh, you know, tumbling down. It's uh, going to lose money. Uh, I know they paid out this enormous sum, which didn't seem necessary to me to Dominion. But um, Tucker will, will be back. The question is when and in what format. Uh, more likely, I think, than on another television station, he'll probably start uh, something like his own uh, Joe Rogan show or have a podcast with a huge 50 million person following. Uh, we're talking with uh, Ted Malik and, and Ted, uh, I guess the point is um, maybe, I, I don't know if I mean it. It's, it's, is it, well, you lose Rush Limbaugh and now, you know, Fox is in some turmoil uh, again uh, with the fake news all around us. It, it does, you know, kind of um, it, it, it worries me, right? It worries me that um, we are, uh, having to try to fight all these fights with less voices out there. So um, indeed, it should. It should, uh, and that's uh, I, I think the the intent of the whole thing. And in fact, it goes back to the article I've just written, which is of course a different historical epic. And uh, but this came to me the other day when I was viewing or reviewing a, a film called Mr. Jones, uh, <clears throat> which we can talk about. But yeah. In, in the Soviet Union, you know, the attempt to get rid of a whole class of people succeeded in the 1930s during Stalinism. I think the same thing is happening in America now, and Tucker is is one of those uh, injured. Uh, we're talking with, uh, again, Ted Malik. And okay, so Ted, you got this piece up. Um, uh, it's going to be over at One America News, and the title is We're All Kulaks Now. And uh, walk me through this. And I guess the question is, uh, what's the path out? But anyway, let's walk walk me through what you mean and how you set this up. It's compelling to me. Well, yeah, my, my wife was worried because she didn't know what a kulak was. So, <laughs> I mean, that's where the whole thing begins. And, uh, you know, many of your listeners may not. Kulak, of course, is a Russian term, means fist in Russian. But it has to do with this um, this group of people who were, you know, small peasants on two acres of land and, you know, a mule and maybe had two or three people working for them. Uh, and they basically had, <clears throat> in their period, um, become very productive, you know, formed a, a solid, uh, I would call it almost conservative kind of society, prosperous economy, um, produced most of the agricultural for, for what was Russia turning into the Soviet Union. But when the state was Sovietizing, they were, of course, the group that stood in the way, and they had to be eliminated. And that was, of course, the history of what happened during the period of the emergence of the sole Communist Party in what was called the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. So it's a very, very foreboding story, and it involves the the, the, the death of millions of people and it, it's it's not really well known or remembered, I'm afraid, in the West. We're, we're talking again with uh, uh, Ted Malik, uh, and his piece again is over at One America News. I'll put up on social media. Um, it is what is the problem with the, the idea of seeing 
what's happening. And, and by that, I mean, Ted, that um, it, it, when you're in the middle of it, do you not recognize it? In other words, were the Soviet people in the middle of it and, you know, only a few, you know, Solzhenitsyn was uh, one and others were recognizing what was happening. Uh, is there why is it why aren't more Americans sort of aware or maybe I'll say it a different way. Maybe they are aware something's wrong. They just don't know what it is. Well, I, th- I think the latter is the case. Uh, uh, and people are quiet. They're scared. They're afraid. They're fearful. They lose their jobs. They lose their uh, connectivity. They you know, have in, in this case, they saw relatives disappear. I mean, we're talking about millions of people that we haven't gotten to that extent yet in the United States. But, um, you know, I don't know. I felt persecuted. I don't know about you. But uh, the, you know, the fact is, in this American moment, I think we're seeing increasingly communistic efforts by an administration and a, and a deep administrative state to uh, suggest there are some frightening parallels. Uh, we're, again, we should we should review those parallels because, uh, you know, in the name of diversity, inclusion and equity, we're being stripped of merit. We're being reduced to racial and gender quotas and and, and, and moves to erase economic categories. We're taxed far more than we should be with yet more regulations. And I mean, you, you, we read this stuff every day. You find out about it on the news just today. Mortgage payments. Not, it isn't not to do with higher education loans. That's another whole subject. But mortgage payments now will be decided not on hard work, you know, honesty, decent living, maintaining a, a good credit score. Be on the opposite, so that you'll get an advantage if you have a poor credit score. And we'll underwrite those who you know who have those poor skew. I mean, this has been the case in university admission for a decade already. I mean, I, I can tell you, all those grades are dismissed. All of admission now is 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 based uh, not on a test score because they don't even take test scores, but on racial and sexual preferences. Uh, I, I think in in democratic parlance, what we have is more and more people on welfare dependent on the largest of the state that's seen as a good thing and that is a form and it's not stalinism but is a form of collectivization uh ted malik again our guest his piece oneamericanews.com they've got it up uh there um i'll put the link up uh, we are all kulaks now um uh ted looking back now the history of this um and uh well let me, let me before well uh, let me i ask this so i don't lose the thread looking back now with history as our guide uh, seeing what happened um what's the best path forward in other words if you could go back in time and try to rally the soviet the people to change the dynamic or um you know but, but then move it forward to now and say okay we know how this goes therefore we must do this it, what do you what do you what do you recommend well, we must keep this republic, which is, is very difficult to keep, and we must do it based on, on our constitution. Um, the, uh, you know, the fact is that these institutions that were formed, uh, you know, well over 250 years ago by the framers of our republic commenced a way of living, a way of life, an economic and political system. We shouldn't disregard and throw that out for some kind of newfangled American Marxism. Uh, you know, all these savage attacks, you know, I mean, it's worse and worse and worse. I was reading today about Satanism 
and its rise, you know, in, in not just in Europe, but in the United States. Satanism itself, uh, I mean, attacks on the family, on marriage, on religion, on private property, on civic life, on patriotism, on the police, on law and order, on the border, on our schools, particularly those of uh, parochial and religious uh, nature. I mean, what we're seeing is a, an attempt, I think, to centralize political power and the control of the commanding heights of society and the economy uh, in the form of a kind of American Marxist socialism. And we have to repel that. We have to stand on the trench and say no. Uh, we're talking again, uh, uh, Ted Malik. Ted, are you optimistic? Uh, some days I'm more optimistic than others. There are, you know, there are battles uh, that we, uh, you know, seem to make some headway on, and then we, you know, we we lose the uh, the, the 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 next battle. So I, I think it's a it's an ongoing uh, uh, contest. It, it, it obviously takes political and economic form. Uh, and I, I think people who are faithful have got to have uh, got to keep the faith. Uh, last thing I didn't want to uh, lose out uh, towards the latter part of this column. Uh, we're talking Ted Malik. You refer to the film Mr. Jones. Give us your uh, preview of this to try to whet our appetite. I had not seen it and I read your column and I thought I will go and watch this. So uh, but tell our listeners. Well, yeah, about I, it. No, I recommend it. It's hard to find movies to watch these days. Yeah, this is a, um, a true to life depiction. Uh, of, uh, of a British journalist who had some sympathies towards the Soviet Union, went there in the 1930s, and as a result saw this uh, horrible famine created by Stalin and the execution of removal of these kulaks and, um, and wrote about it, told the story. Mm. So um, I, I, I think you don't typically see these kinds of movies, therefore you should go and I mean, you could just download it or watch it on Netflix. All right. Very good. Uh, Ted Malik, movie reviewer, Siskel and Ebert, all in one. Uh, thank you, Ted. We'll talk again soon, and I'll put up on social media, everybody, that column. Again, it's uh, over at One America News, uh, their commentary page, and I will put a link there. And we will take a break, and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report, back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. And uh, we have a, I have a chance to catch up with John Schweppe. He's the director of P- policy over at the American Principles Project. And uh, they uh, do a lot of great work, a lot of things happening there, Getting, keeping an eye on on uh, stuff and analyzing what's happening. And there's an interesting story. We heard a uh, reference to it, I think, in the previous interview I just did um uh Ted Malik mentioned that the uh, commented on this but the Biden administration um has decided that it wasn't enough that we were going to forgive some people's student loans and not other people's uh based on lots of different preferences but now when it comes to uh mortgage uh your your mortgage and calculating your uh, credit score, it, it may impact uh, different people picking winners and losers. And John Schweppe has uh, has uh, been commenting on this all across the media. So welcome back, John. How are you? 
Hey, Ed, thanks so much for having me. So first, pull yourself back on this and say to yourself, what what's the point? If you're if you're the Biden administration, what's happening here? What are you trying to achieve? If you if you try to put yourself, you know, walk a mile in their shoes, as the old saying goes, don't don't ever t- judge someone as you walk a mile in their shoes. What are they trying to accomplish here? Do you think? Well, I think, first of all, you know, we know that the Democrats, when they have solutions to all these problems, they end up making them worse. And that's that's just that's been true throughout. You know, that's why a lot of us are Republicans. Right. Uh, it's, I mean, it just happens to be true. But, you know, they're looking right now at what is, I think, a housing crisis, truthfully, in that uh, consumers, especially millennials, uh, certainly these Gen Z kids as they're up and coming, are, are being priced out of, of buying homes. And so the Biden administration, you know, seems to be looking at, well, let's let's go for the people who really can't afford homes, who probably shouldn't be buying homes. Right. And really target them and try to give them the ability to buy by subsidizing them. And of course, this has been done before. Uh, you know, I am a millennial. So I came of age during the subprime mortgage crisis, uh, trying to find a job after that was pretty nuts, by the way. And uh that's pretty much what they're recreating here. It's like they didn't learn anything from 12, 13, 14 years ago. Um, and so here we are, you know, but I, again, I, I do think this is where Republicans should have an answer here. I think not only pointing out what this is going to do to further price uh, millennials who are trying to start families out of the market of buying a house, but also, you know, recognizing that it is a problem that we do want, you know, buying a house is part of the American dream. Dream, and we should do everything we can to to figure out how to um, you know create competition in the market or whatever uh, more home starts. But we want to make sure that people are actually able to buy. Do you um you know with the with the uh, this is a little bit of a different kind of question of this, but with the um with picking winners and losers on who gets their loans forgiven, it didn't seem like it mattered. What the public thought, it didn't seem like it mattered that the policymakers didn't agree. Do you get the same feeling here? Like this is so poorly received by everybody, but does it matter? Well, it seems like the Biden administration, you know, their public messaging that they run in commercials is very populist, very trying to appeal to everyone. But they do a lot of these executive orders and things like that to appeal to specific interest groups uh, on the left. We The student loan thing, obviously, that's, you know, something that would only affect a few million people. In this country, it would obviously be a huge giveaway to, you know, predominantly upper middle class wealthy people at the expense of of poorer people. Uh, you know, here it's a similar thing where there is this movement on the left for free housing, for, you know, uh, building low income uh, housing in every neighborhood across the country. And I think that's what this is part of is trying to appeal to that that group. Um, and, and ultimately, it doesn't make sense. It's not it's not part of a cohesive message, because if if Biden's really serious about rebuilding uh, these communities that have been torn apart by, you know, manufacturing being shipped overseas, if he's serious about all that, then, you know, I think a big part of it is trying to recreate the American middle class. That is not going to happen by th- this policy. This policy is absolutely going to make it harder uh, for the middle class to buy homes. And then, you know, much easier again for people who. You know, I, I want everyone to be able to buy a home. But, you know, if you're working, you know, a part time job, 30 hours a week, you're not in a position uh, to, to buy a home. That's just the reality. And um, and certainly it doesn't make sense to be helping those folks who aren't ready to buy a home at the expense of people who really would like to. But unfortunately, they're getting priced out by an insane housing market.
It's uh, it you know again the the question is um, it's it's a funny time um, and again we're we're talking with Don John John Schweppe uh from over at American Principles Project um it's it's a funny time in the sense that uh, uh you have a chance we have a chance people have a chance not just us not not just us at all but people have a chance in many ways to um make their voice heard better than ever you can just get out there faster you can see something you can respond to it you can get a report on it and the impact is um you know it's almost instantaneous and so that part of it seems really uh like um unheard of like it's hard to even imagine i remember telling i remember uh, someone telling me once that they they this is years ago 25 years ago that they loved the idea that the internet was coming on so strong because they could see how their uh elected official uh voted and in the past you had to wait two or three weeks now you can see in an instant all these policy decisions on the other hand, there's a part of me that feels like the again, I'm back to a little bit of the same thing that the the administration and others that you can see it and they're just going to count on the fact that it makes a, a bit of a, a bit of a blip and then they move on and they're not going to be too worried about it. And they're going to outlast uh, the, the the people. Is there something, uh, John, that you recommend that people do in terms of um, trying to. I don't know, amplify their concern about this, that that you that you're optimistic will make a difference. Well, you make a good point on that, because I, I just think of COVID, right? And how yeah. you have yeah. people like Randy Weingarten out there pretending that Republicans close schools when she exactly. was absolutely threatening a teacher strike all across the country if they kept schools open. But good example. You know, on this, I, I think the key thing is is number one is um, writing letters to the editor, being out there publicly pointing out this crazy rule. You know, this is the Biden administration, again, picking winners and losers and and really abandoning any pretense of merit mattering in this country. You know, they, they're talking about credit scores. Uh, I, look, I don't love credit scores, but the reality is that, you know, it is a it is a gauge of responsibility. And if you're not being responsible with your spending, you have a worse credit score. But for folks who have, you know, really tried to do this the right way and, you know, they're able to build up good credit or even recover from having a poor credit score in the past and getting it up there, you know, those are the folks that we want being able to buy homes, right? We want them to be able to move on with their lives and, and grow and, and be able to achieve the American dream. And this is the type of policy that's going to worsen that and, and make it worse. And I, I think we got to hold our elected officials accountable too. The reality is that they get caught up in a lot of issues, especially on the Senate side sometimes, that are not of import to the American people. You know, they're talking about Ukraine all the time when we're having real issues here at home. And I, I think it's important to, to call your elected representatives and let them know that this is something you care about and ask them to write a letter to the relevant uh, bureaucrats in the Biden administration and hold them accountable. I think they respond to that. And so, you know, it's really incumbent upon our activists, our pro-family activists to, to get involved. And, and I, I think it'll go well if we do. It's um it is uh again uh, John Schweppe the director of a uh, policy for American Principles Project uh and he is um uh over there does a lot of the he does pol- public policy work over there but they do a lot of advocacy and a lot of uh um of research on these kinds of things who's the best uh champion of this up in the uh in, in the on the conservative side I guess it's likely the Republican side there's nobody that's uh uh doesn't seem to be anybody on the Democrat side who's the best champion of this is there someone who you say that guy or gal gets it and they're really stepping into this well i've been encouraged um by jd vance actually on this housing issue because again this has been an issue that you know what ends up happening is republicans kind of 
stay off the field. And then the Democrats swoop in with their solution. And I say that with air quotes. And, and, and of course, it makes everything worse. And, and we're just there, you know, to hold the bag. And so I think it is important that we get involved on these issues. Vance has talked a lot about, you know, what exactly has been happening in the housing market. Why is it that, you know, in pretty much every major market across the country, you know, house prices have gone up almost 100% in just the last five or six years. And the reality is it's, it's, and partly because of financialization and even China coming in and buying homes and uh, BlackRock and all of these different things. And so we really need to look at that. What is home ownership for? Do we really want a nation of renters that are, you know, effectively not able to uh, enjoy the, the growth of their, of their home? Or do we want to have a nation of homeowners who, who have a stake in the game and are able to, you know, I mean, you want to create Republicans, you want people owning their house, right? Like that's a big deal. So um, I like what Vance has said on it. I think it's something that Republicans uh, are learning about this issue. And that's where our activists can be really helpful is, is reaching out, trying to inform them on this, trying to get them to, to speak out further uh, and to, to gain some more institutional knowledge on an issue that frankly, we just haven't really been involved in uh, much throughout the, the last decade or so. All right. Listen, John Schweppe, thank you. We're out of time already. Thanks uh, very much for uh, your advocacy on this and to uh, keep an, uh, a sharp eye on this. Again, I, the, the other part of the modern uh, reality is um, there's just so much happening. I mean, there's so much, you, you can know about everything now because there's so much available, but it's there's a lot happening to keep track of. So I appreciate you doing that. Thank you, John. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. We will take a break. I will put up on social media links to uh, uh, some of the stories on this and some of the coverage of it and to uh, John Schweppe and his team uh, and his organization. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Our Constitution provides ample remedies for the problems facing our nation. Instead of allowing indictments of presidential candidates by big city prosecutors, our elected representatives can and should act swiftly to smoke out how improper this prosecution is. Prosecuting attorneys enjoy enormous discretion to bring charges to grand juries who are willing to indict even a ham sandwich, as the phrase goes. But if a county prosecutor is allowed to indict the leading presidential candidate from the opposing party, our national elections would no longer be called Democratic. The chairman of the House Judiciary Committee and two other House committees signed on and sent a letter to the New York County District Attorney Alvin Bragg, demanding information about the unprecedented charges concocted against Donald Trump. This letter, led by Representative Jim Jordan, states... We expect that you will testify about what plainly appears to be a politically motivated prosecutorial decision. D.A. Bragg reportedly based his charges on an incident that was well known to the Americans who elected Donald Trump in 2016 and the many who voted for him again in 2020. Other prosecutors who had already examined the same widely publicized facts found them not to be criminal. Yet this Democrat district attorney dredged up nearly ancient history in an obvious effort to impede Trump's re-election in 2024. While Bragg wastes his time pestering a former president for his non-criminal conduct, Senator J.D. Vance tweeted that the same district attorney, quote, allows violent criminals to walk the streets of New York City, end quote. Referring to George Soros and his funded prosecutors like Alvin Bragg, Vance continued that these people are trying to turn America into a third world country. Senator Vance hit the nail on the head. 
And Congress should exercise every resource at their disposal to ensure that the 2024 presidential election doesn't turn into a free-for-all of county prosecutors going after candidates. It's the likes of district attorneys like Alvin Bragg, not Donald Trump, who are the true threat to free and fair elections. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we think it's time to take Washington back from the power brokers. At phyllisschlafly.com, we're organizing a grassroots movement to stand against the deep state bureaucrats who control government. For the latest strategies, go to phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, finishing up today, last segment of the show, I, I want to touch on, dip my toe into uh, into the waters uh, on this topic. There was a piece uh, ran a day or so ago um, on the free press, thefp.com. I, I can't really tell what their background is, but I, I will say I, I saw it, I think, on Real Clear Politics. And here's what the gist of the story was. The headline was sports betting is the new OxyContin, OxyContin, OxyContin. And then the subtitling, the online gambling industry is profiting off addiction the same way the Sackler family profited off of opioids, only this time the pushers include state governments. Lengthy piece, analysis, uh, anecdotal, lots of stuff. And I have to say it's convincing to me. And it's convincing to me in this sense, I, you know, in our country, for about 40 or 50 years, we've seen the growing uh, legalization of gambling. Uh, of course, there was gambling before it was legal, uh, but it's obviously now legal in lots of ways. In the, ni- in the 1970s and 80s, you could go to Las Vegas and you'd go to Atlantic City, or you could vo- uh, gamble illegally. And people did that, right? And then we had the growing use of the lottery in states to make money for the states. And they said, we'll use it for veterans. We'll use it for schools. And the lottery grew and massively so. And then we saw more and more games of chance uh, and online uh, poker, things like that. And then it exploded. And basically um, you went from the, um, the, the online and you, the, you, you saw the, um, the native Americans were able to claim the sovereignty of their lands as a reason to have gambling. And you had all these different uh, Indian casinos, so-called Indian casinos, native American, whatever pop up all over the place, up in Connecticut, up in uh, upstate New York, out in uh, the West. And then all the other States, and I was working for state government at one point, they all went on in on the action because they, they said, oh, if we do this, it's a big industry. We can get jobs. We can go ahead and get jobs. Oh, there was the riverboat gambling, of course, that in, in St. Louis from where I'm from, where I'm from, they used to have the riverboat. You'd have to actually go out. You couldn't gamble until you were out in the waters. You know, so you had to go push off from the dock and, and the, the, the boat had to go out and you had to go out and, and be on the water. And then when the ship came back and docked, you had to stop gambling. Then you put the boats, they allowed the boats to sit in pools of water floating and you had basically buildings floating in water. Well, it's all gone now. It's just a, now you just have gambling everywhere and it's addictive and it's addictive in very sophisticated ways, uh, or say it differently, it, it's addictive in, in the same way addiction is. Uh, it, but it is, we are being addicted with very sophisticated operators. 
who are utilizing how we live and function and how we gamble to get us addicted. And it's terrible. And I don't think it's just a tax on poor people, although it is a tax. The poor people do pay a big tax. It tends to be more, you can't afford to gamble when you've got very little money, and they do anyway. But it's, it hits plenty of people of every level. And more importantly, it's just changing brain chemistry. It's just like, and the, the state governments are making money, and the federal, uh, uh, local governments are making money off of it. It's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing. Yet another example, and as I've told you before, the phrase I've used is choose your addiction. We need to get everybody addicted to positive things, exercise, uh, spirituality, and they're getting more and more addicted to social media and gambling and uh, alcohol and drugs, medicinal marijuana. No, just ma- ma- recreational marijuana. It's terrible stuff. All right, we got to run. Thank you, Noah Dingley, our great producer, Ryan Hyde, associate producer, and uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you then. America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.